0: Welcome to episode 60 of the Gluns for Punishment podcast or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lepore and Anthony Bruno. He's Lepore. I'm Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. If you're a new listener and you really enjoy the show, we would appreciate it so, so much. If you give us a five-star rating and review on both Apple and Spotify, and if you're watching us on YouTube and you enjoy the content, we would be so happy if you smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, and ring the notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. All right, everybody. We are recording this podcast right after game four between the Leafs and Lightning as the Toronto Maple Leafs got their asses kicked Uh, at Amelie arena, losing seven to three in a game that they could have delivered a decisive blow in this series to go up three to one. And they instead delivered an (laughs) absolute stinker. So this thing is headed back to Toronto tied at two games apiece. It is now a best of three. We're going to get into game four. The series as a whole, give you our thoughts and opinions on everything that has gone down so far. But before we do that, it is time to welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lapore. How you doing, man?
1: Anthony Bruto, as always, thank you for having me. Uh, my LA Kings are up to nothing currently on the Edmonton Oilers, which normally would put me in a great mood. But unfortunately, as you mentioned, the Tampa Bay Lightning put up a touchdown on my beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. Episode 60, shout out goes to the only player in Maple Leafs history to don the number 60, Joseph Wall. And I'll put my hands together praying because it's been a heck of a long time since the Leafs produced a legit number one goalie out of their system. And who knows, maybe Joseph Wall can be the guy.
0: Someone better stop a damn puck after <laughs> what we saw from Jack Campbell
1: tonight. Oh uh, yeah, that one was really bad. Uh, the, looking at his glove, like what, jacking him right through it. Like what, what's up, what's up here? But
0: that—that's when he knew the game the... was over officially.
1: Officially, yeah, when that
0: shot went in off his glove, I was just like, "All right, uh, it's time to do anything else but watch this hockey game." But of oh, course, folding we do laundry, a Leafs podcast, dishes. and we love this team, so we both sat through the entire game, torturing ourselves. But yeah. We'll get into all that, but before we get into the series and Game 4, Lepore, we made a special announcement on the last podcast. We did. So remind the viewers and listeners, tell them what's going on.
1: Okay, everyone. If you uh, were listening to our last show, you would have heard that we are giving away an authentic Toronto Maple Leafs John Tavares jersey. To have a shot at winning this jersey, you must like the video, subscribe to the channel, and comment down below with who you think will win this series and in how many games now obviously the series has played out four games and it's tied at two two so you've kind of put in a cheat if you go in now so what we will do is if there was no correct answer from the first video we will go to this video to see the responses and there aren't too many options left so Put your entry in. But like I said, do not forget to like the video and subscribe to the channel and uh, tell your friends. Because, I mean, if you can't get the jersey, maybe one of your friends can.
0: We've already given away two Leaf jerseys um, earlier this year. Yeah. I think even going back to last year, we gave one away as well. But we've yeah. done two giveaways so far, and now we're giving away this John Tavares jersey. So like Lapore said, you must like the video, subscribe to the channel. And then in the comment section down below, leave your Instagram handle. Tell us where you're from. And then let us know who is going to win this series, Leafs versus Lightning, and in how many games. And like Laporte said, if no one from the last episode gets it right, then whoever gets it right on this episode will get the jersey. And you're going to love it, even though John Tavares is playing <laughs> like shit in yeah, this hot, series.
1: Yeah, hot topic right now. And it, it, like, I always have to forget something, right? Like as Bruno said, do not forget to put in your Instagram handle and where you're from. Too many. I'm, I'm too rattled from the game, I guess. That's my excuse tonight. It's Instagram right. handle, I'll where you're from, go. who's going to win the series, how many games, like the video, subscribe to the channel, get yourself a chance at a John Tavares jersey.
0: Beautiful. Get those entries in. All right. It is time to talk about game four, the absolute disaster that we just saw. So, Lepore, mm. just to recap the shit show of a hockey game. The Leafs recap went down. what? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just a mess from yeah. the opening puck drop. The Leafs went down 3 nothing in the first period. It all started on that first shift where Justin Hall just looked awful. Yeah. He, he couldn't get the puck out of our own. It wasn't just Justin Hall, but Justin Hall was the main culprit. The puck was just in the Leafs' end. They couldn't get out. Stamkos ends up scoring that first goal, and then I'm just like, please, please don't tell me it's going to be one of those nights. And, of course, it ended up being one of those nights. The Lightning go up 5 nothing. The Leafs, of course, you know, show some life in garbage time. William Nylander, the garbage time hero, scoring a couple of goals tonight, and Jake Muzzett ended up getting one as well. But this game was, was never never in reach for the Leafs. As much as you were, you know, sitting on your couch at home, hoping and praying that this team could make a comeback, there was, there was no chance in hell the defending Stanley Cup champions, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, who were smelling blood in the water. There's no way they were going to leave that arena tonight without a W.
1: Yeah. So, so
0: I mean, Lapore. Let's just start with game four, man. Like, what are your thoughts on, on what we saw tonight? And then after we do that, we'll we'll get into the series and, and give everyone our thoughts on the series as a whole.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm in the boat with most Leafs fans where deep down in a lot of games, I know what's going to happen. But there's that little thing in me that's hoping that all – that what I'm thinking will be proven otherwise – And I'll be surprised by my team. And by that, I mean, they will make me happy. They will do something that's not expected. The Leafs win game three in Tampa. And I will say they look great in doing so. So here we are with a chance to go up three to one in the series. And your heart is telling you the Leafs are going to do it. They're going to ride that momentum of the game three win. We're going to go back to Toronto up three to one with a chance to close out this series. But then your brain's telling you. There's no fucking way that's going to happen because there's no way we're going to beat this Tampa team two times in a row and anyone watching these games knows that knows that because it's been said a billion times and they just put up a fucking donut man. Like on unre- unreal. What a bad performance. And I I'm not going to look too deep into this single game cuz uh, you see the quick reactions on Twitter and people like oh like the series is over. This has been a pretty weird series, if you think about it. I mean, we blew them out in game one. And I'll step back first and say, if you do look at the series game by game, it seems like each and every time there was one desperate team, that team won. Game one, the Leafs could not lose game one at home. Oh my God, they could not lose game one at home. They blow the doors off. Five-nothing win. Then you go to game two, pressure's on Tampa. You can't go down two nothing. They win. Game three, first game in Tampa. You know, the Leafs don't want to go down with another game to go, praying for the split. They win. And now you have this Tampa team trying to avoid going down three to one and heading back to Toronto and ensuring that Toronto's going to get three chances to win the series and two of them at home. And Tampa blows out Toronto. And again, crazy stat. In each and every one of the games so far, a team has had a three-nothing lead. Like how often yeah how how often does that happen like in the history of the sport but I'm not completely shutting the door on the Leafs winning this series I think they can win this series even after that shit performance that we saw tonight it's just that thing of like prove me wrong prove me wrong like like I said that that thing inside me that knows when something's gonna happen and I'll say too and like I'm not defending the Leafs but I think we all were aware that Tampa was capable of what they did tonight and they hadn't been playing their best through the first three games. And even the game they won in game two, like the Leafs made a lot of mistakes and then kind of handed that game to Tampa Bay. This was the first game where it was like, okay, this is the fucking Tampa Bay lightning and you can't rest on them for two seconds. Just seeing the depth, seeing the scoring power, seeing the balance. So it wasn't a shock to me that they got blown out in a game in this series, but I'm sitting here, I'm going to be a fan, and I'm going to hope the Leafs can just shut the door on what happened tonight and move on. And I expect that crowd to be fucking bonkers for game five. And again, the pressure's on us now. I've said the, the pressure has been on each, on the team that has had the most, the, pre- the team is one who's had the most pressure on them in every game. And in game five, well, now it's the Leafs because they can't, they don't want to go down three to two headed, head back, headed back to Tampa. So... Hopefully, that thing keeps going, but we'll see, man. We'll see.
0: It just seems like every time you think the Leafs are going to prove you wrong and finally get over the hump in the playoffs and conquer their demons and win a big game, they completely shit the bed. Mm-hmm. And I'll just look back over the last three post-seasons. So like, go back to the bubble against Columbus. Remember the crazy comeback game?
1: Yeah, how'd they lose game, game four? five? How do yeah. game on? Like- So they
0: have the crazy <laughs> comeback game and you're like, oh my God, like yeah. this team has never showed this sort of resilience with their back up against the wall. There's no way they're going to lose game five. They're finally going to win a playoff series. And some people wouldn't even call it a legit playoff series because it was a five game qualifying round series. Yeah. But it's like you said, Lapore. how on earth after that comeback, do the Leafs manage to lose game five? to Columbus just a complete joke then obviously last season against the Montreal Canadiens they go up 3-1 in a playoff series against the lowest ranked team in the playoffs and they find a way to lose three straight games and and in this series right you go up two games to one on the back-to-back champs you're in their barn game four with like I said at the top of the show essentially they could have delivered a decisive blow tonight. They could have delivered the kill shot tonight. And I know you got to win four games to win the series. I'm not an idiot, but it really would have felt like this thing was over. You go up 3-1 on the defending champs coming back home for game five. It just felt like that would have been too big for Tampa to overcome, especially considering that the Leafs, honestly, for the most part through the first three games have been the better team, especially at five on five. Big time. five on So it was an, it was one of those moments where I I just felt, you know, this, this, this feels like the night that they're finally going to do it, that they're finally going to prove us wrong and and come up with a big performance and make a statement, not only to the rest of the NHL, but to this entire fan base that has been losing faith in them year by year, (laughs) you know, showing Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan, that they're a different team showing themselves honestly that they're a different team and they failed to do it again and i would have been a lot more happy lapore if this was like a 2-1 hockey game 3-2 oh, back yeah. and forth fight down to the final minute in the third period i would have been thrilled honestly if they had lost 3 to 2 and it came down to the final minute i would have been like you know what
1: overtime something yeah, yeah.
0: even overtime i would have been like excellent effort you, you know, you almost went up 3-1 on the defending champs. You almost took two games in their barn. That would have been huge. But just to go down 5 nothing and look like absolute shit from the start of this game was so unbelievably disappointing. It just, I, 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 it just makes me shake my head. And honestly, I just started laughing. Like, you know, yeah. as soon as they went up 5 nothing, I'm just sitting on the couch laughing watching the game. I go, I cannot believe they're doing this again.
1: What well, one thing I'll say about tonight's game is I was I was actually at a wedding last night and someone was asking me, you know, watching the Leafs and I was completely honest and I said it's not enjoyable. Like, like, I'll say it. I dread nights when the Leafs have a playoff game. You're not alone. Yeah. And like, you, you're kind of thinking about what's going to happen and the nerves you're going to have and the stress and the anxiety you you possess while you watch the game. And I will say about tonight, and I was pretty chill because the game was over in a hurry. So I was as relaxed as I've ever been watching a Leafs playoff game. But we're sitting here watching that game. And here we are soaking in it after the game. And our confidence is low. And I think we're entitled to that. We're allowed to feel this way because we just got our asses kicked. And we've seen this story before. I just hope that the team doesn't feel that way. One thing I will say about this team throughout the season is that I'm going to give you like, Ooh, they showed adversity or like give some like cheesy line of like, you know, they came from the bottom and Rose, but it seemed like they were never really rattled. So like compared to years past, I will say that I think this team will be able to throw a game like that in the trash. And that's not me saying, I think they're going to come out and kick Tampa's ass in game five. I just think, like how you said about like watching as a fan, we'd feel better if they lost by one or in overtime. I think now more than ever with this team, whether it was that or losing the way they did, it's the same thing. They lost, Jack got beat a lot. Move on, whatever. We're going home. That's it. But I mean, now I hate to use this line, but I'll ask you, Bruno, as a fan, or if you were say key key for Dubis, if someone told you that you'd be in this position right now. Someone told you this uh, a week ago. Would you have taken it?
0: I think you take it 100% of the time. You
1: take the best of three. I guess two of the two games at home, you take the best of three.
0: Yeah, I think before the series, if someone said, you're playing Tampa in the first round of the playoffs and you're going to be tied 2-2, going back to your home barn for game five and a best of three where you have two out of those last three games on home ice, I think every Leaf fan, I think Sheldon Keefe, Kyle Dubas, I think everybody would have taken it. I don't know. Is that me being like too, you know, being too respectful towards the back-to-back champs and not having enough confidence in the Leafs? I don't yeah. know. I, am I being
1: I, I think I the whole mice thing, I think the whole thing is huge for that question. Like if the Leafs didn't have home ice, I'd be like, like if, if we were going to Tampa two, two, and then even knowing then it might go seven and then we have to go to tampa for game 7 i it'd be like yeah i don't know but we'll hang on to that as much as we can and like i I think the honest answer is yeah you would take it it, like let's be honest here i mean i had some fun and i picked the leafs in five to win this series but no one in the organization or even truly with the fan base could have legitimately thought okay after four games at least they're going to be up three to one like confidently, that like not... been a shocker. Yeah, like anything that anything that happens or whatever, we'll be up three to one. Like no, you 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 went to said that, so I guess here we are, and we'll take it. How how do you feel though, man? Like like the spot we're in right now. Like, who's gonna win the series?
0: (laughs) It's time for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you growing out your playoff beard? Let that thing loose up top, but our friends at Manscaped are here to help you avoid a disaster downstairs. The global leaders in Below the Ways Grooming wanna save your hockey pucks from a slap shot in crunch time this playoff season. Four billion men worldwide trust Manscaped to prepare them for the Stanley Cup playoffs join them and go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code GFP20. Lapore, these products are the best, man.
1: They are the best. And like Bruno said, the playoffs is about growing a beard on your face, but not on your balls. So make sure to go to manscaped.com, enter the promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping and get ready for the playoffs.
0: You said it, Laporte. These products are awesome. The lawnmower 4.0, the body wash and shampoo. There's so many great products. Head to the website. Even their boxers, they feel incredible. Awesome. I'm telling you, you cannot go wrong. You, you got to get t-shirt. ready for playoff season, gentlemen. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code GFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using the promo code GFP20 at manscaped.com. Dot com. Don't be a goon fighting your bush with the wrong trimmer. Choose the right tools for the job this playoff season with Manscaped. I completely agree with your point that they're going to bounce back and that they've been resilient this year because I, I think they've been very resilient this year. There's been some shitty games that they've had and they have thrown them in the trash and they have bounced back right away. And we saw that in game three of this series. True. The yeah. Leafs lose 5-3. They gave the Lightning seven power plays. You're thinking, here we go again. We could have went up 2-0 on home ice. We screwed that up. And then they bounced back with a massive road win in game three. So I think the Leafs are still in a good spot here. I I think they're going to have a great performance in game five, even though they looked awful tonight. The one thing that scares me, Laporte, this stat is just insane now. The Lightning, after winning tonight, have now moved to 17-0 over the last three postseasons following a loss. So it's essentially been impossible to beat this team two games in a row. And Mm. the Leafs are going to have to do that. I mean, technically, they don't have to beat them twice in a row because they can win game five, lose game six, win game seven. But it just feels like if you're going to get by this Tampa team, I don't know, it just feels like they have to win two in a row. Because do you have any confidence in the Leafs if this thing goes to game seven, even with it being on home ice? I'll
1: get back to what I said before. Let's say the Leafs win game five and then lose game six. Would you have taken that the game seven in Toronto? Oh my
0: god, I, I would have taken it.
1: You'd probably take it, like like a. a, But you're terrified. Well, of course you're terrified. It's the playoffs, and we're idiots who chose the Toronto Maple Leafs as our favorite hockey team, so we deserve it. But at least you take the the coin flip of like, yeah, okay. We're at home and whatever happens, happens. And again, then maybe that's giving, I, how can we say that? How can we sit here and be like, yeah, know we're giving too much credit to Tampa. The back-to-back champs, they don't, you just said they don't lose two games in a row. The goalies are Vasilevsky. I'm literally watching these games. It's funny, eh, how it works in the playoffs. You're watching a game and it kind of hits you of like, this team is fucking good. Like, you just hear these names roll out in the lines, like, oh, yeah, they have, like, Hedman. (laughs) It's like, oh, right. Because, like, you're so dialed in on someone else or some other line or Vasilevsky, and then some other guy. Oh,
0: they have the best defenseman on the planet. Yeah,
1: and, oh, they just casually picked up Corey Perry, because, of course, and why not? And, oh, they have this guy and that guy, and this. uh, it's, it's hilarious, like, how good Tampa is. So... I don't think we're giving them – I, I don't think it's possible to give Tampa too much respect, so I'm okay with it. Fuck it. Fair
0: enough. But,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's – listen,
0: I, I know most Leaf fans right now, it, it's been a roller coaster of emotions because, think about it, after game one, people are like, oh, my God, this is a completely different team. They're going to oh steamroll their way to the Stanley Cup final. Then they lose game two, and you're like, oh, here we go again. This team sucks. Then an amazing performance in game three on the road. Everyone's back on board. This is a great team. This is our year. Then tonight happens and you're like, holy shit. Oh my God. They're going to choke again. So it's kind of a, it's been a roller coaster of emotions and saying all that Lapore, I still think the Leafs are going to win this series.
1: Yes, Bruno.
0: I I picked the Leafs before the series to win in six. You had the Leafs winning in five and I totally respected your Leafs in five. (laughs) And honestly, it probably would have happened if they found a way to show up tonight. Yeah, And then they probably would have closed it out um, in game five on home ice.
1: I know it sounds crazy to say, but yeah, now it sounds so crazy, right? (laughs) Like four hours ago, it was, oh, now, now, what are we talking about?
0: But before the series, I also said that I would be shocked if this thing didn't go six or seven games. And that's exactly what we're going to get. And I'm still confident, honestly, in my Leafs and six pick, because I really do think that if the Leafs are going to win this series, I think they're going to stop that streak of the Lightning going 17-0 and after a loss. I think it's going to end. I think if the Leafs win game five, they are going to find a way to finally show up in game six on the road and win the series. But honestly, man, at this point, whether you look at the betting markets, you know, whether you're looking at whatever stats you have in front of you or whether you're just gauging this based on the eye test and how you're feeling, it's it's a coin flip, Laporte. at this point. It's 50-50. Yeah. Would you be surprised either way?
1: No, my prediction is, I'll I'll stick with the Leafs to win the series because why not? I'm going to, but uh, to me, whoever wins Game Five wins the series. That's it. Like I, I think whoever wins Game Five is going to take it. Maybe that's an easy way out, but I know sure as hell it's going to take a lot from Toronto if they lose. And uh, on the flip side if Toronto can win, I mean, two shots and one at home, that's the team you have to go with. But to your point about this series going back and forth, and this is more of a broad playoff discussion, I find it hilarious and I get ready for it. Every single playoffs, people react to every game. Like they've never watched playoff series before. Like a team wins game one and then the takes the next day is Oh, that team was a fraud. This team's the real deal. We told you about it. It was one game. Like the teams can win a series down one, nothing or even two people forget that every single year there's series where a team comes roaring back down three to one or the team down two nothing wins four in a row. Like, let's say how many people were completely counting Boston out completely. No way. And now, now we got a series. We have a best of three. So it's just, it's just funny. And like this series is like the perfect microcosm of that because it was literally after game one, planned the parade in Toronto. And then it's like, oh, here we go again. We're going back to Tampa. It's like, well, what would you think? Like, what would you think was gonna happen? You think yeah, we're just
0: gonna steamroll? Yeah, like, we're gonna steamroll them in
1: two games and just go into Tampa and needing one to go up three to one. No, come on. Good teams, man. But do I feel good about it? I think the build, I think the building, I was Chris Johnson who said that the building was as loud as he's ever heard it earlier in the series and I'd like to think the longer these playoffs go on the more games being played there the louder it gets so I think I think that's going to be a crazy building Keith getting the change if they don't show up for this game fuck it like, what, what do you it is what it is what it is and we'll roll our eyes yeah. again but come on that's guys. what would
0: they- be the most disappointing thing ever is yeah if they put in an effort in game five like we just saw in game four yeah that would be like the stone worst outcome if that happens like at the very least they better come out ready to play in game five and essentially play like they did in games one and three mm-hmm. and honestly even even in game two like i thought at the start of game two the leafs were the better team then obviously they got into the penalty troubles and the Lightning had seven power plays, scored three power play goals in Game Two. But it's like you said, Laporte. Really, Game Four was only was the one game where you're like, okay, Tampa looks really good.
1: You know, what Game Two was Game Two was last year against Montreal. Like, just everything bad just happened. Like, they're they're go they score a goal with what three seconds left in the first period where Muzzin tried to poke it, killing a penalty, and it goes right to Hedman, who had, like, 10 minutes in front of the net. Like, all these weird things throughout the game, the penalties, this and that. It, that, that was that game. Yeah, tonight we got our ass kicked.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's no way to sugarcoat tonight. It was a complete mess from the drop of the puck, and, and that's it. I mean, you, you just hope they flush it down the toilet and show up in the next game.
1: Yeah, Lepore I forgot ha- about the other one. Do you remember the game, game two, and now I'm rambling. Was it conf? He went to the Leafs were killing a penalty and he had the puck on a stick and he was kind of in an awkward position. Oh, and then
0: he passed it to the guy Brody, Brody, who didn't, have a, who stick, didn't and, have a stick
1: and then Tampa kept in and scored like it was like the most Toronto Maple Leafs game ever that game. So, like, even that, you're like, okay, we still look good, played well, let's move on. Yeah, tonight
0: was the first time where at five on five, you just you felt like Tampa was just the better team.
1: Yeah, whereas five on five, the first three
0: games, honestly, I think the Leafs
1: had the upper hand. Well, I don't think they had a player. There was, like, a stat going on. I don't think Tampa had a player with a positive plus-minus after three games. Like, think about that for a second. I mean, it's obviously different different now. But
0: And even if you look at Tampa Bay's leading scores, like, I was just checking out the series stats before we came on. Like, their top guys aren't doing that much. Like, Victor Hedman's been great. Nikita Kucherov. Okay, so Hedman and Kucherov have five points each.
1: Yeah, three Dean of Kucherov those five have, four... have
0: come on the power play.
1: Dean Kucherov have like four points in game,
0: and most of those points came in game two. Hedman, yeah, game I think, had four, four point. points in game two. Yeah, and Kucherov, I believe, had three. But you go down here, like Steven Stamkos has two points in four games. Braden Point two points in four games. That's it. Point? Anthony sorelli oh. doesn't have a point, and I know he has. You know. He's more of a defensive-minded two-way forward. You know they don't really need him to carry the load offensively. But yeah, point Stamkos two points apiece. Alex Kalorn has yet to score a goal in this series. He only has two assists. Hmm. I mean, you know it's not like these guys are are lighting it up at all. And then look at Andre Vasilevsky. Lapore, if I told you before the series that through the first four games, Vasilevsky would have an 888 save percentage Crazy. and a 3.54 goals against average. Would you think this series is tied right now? No, exactly. No. That's insane.
1: So no, when, you, when you're giving up as many goals as we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, you know, when you look at some of these numbers, you know, it's kind of The Leafs are doing a good job. Honestly, they're doing a good job on Tampa's top players. You know, they've obviously been able to break through on the power play, like I mentioned, but at five on five, I think for the majority of this series, a large majority of this series, the Leafs have been the better team at five on five, except for Mm -hmm. tonight, which was a mess. Like I've already said 500 times. Laporte. you want to talk about John Tavares?
1: Yeah, we'll talk yeah, we'll we'll start with Tavares and then we'll move Let's to, talk
0: about John Tavares yeah, and I know who people else we're have been, gonna
1: blame. people have been
0: piling on. Yeah. And it's been a big thing on Twitter and people are defending him and he listen, he's been bad. And and he's not the same player he was going back to his first season in Toronto, going back to his you know, his prime years as the captain of the New York Islanders. This guy has so much trouble creating his own offense. I will even go as far as saying Lepore, he essentially has zero ability to create his own offense. You know, I think about it in terms of basketball, like, you know, in the NBA playoffs, it's like, you need that dude, right? Even go back to the Raptors. You need a Kawhi Leonard who at the end of the shot clock late in games, you know, when it's a one, two possession game, a guy that can just go out there and get a bucket, a guy who can create his own shot, make a a play for one of his teammates. And again, it, it's hard to find those guys, especially in the, in the NBA. It's not like those guys grow on trees. And it's not like they grow on trees in the NHL either. But when you're being paid $11 million a year and you're the captain of the franchise, I expect you to have the ability to create your own offense and to make things happen. And to, you know, at certain points in the game, whether it's a close game, whether, you know, you're up by a goal and you need that second goal to kind of just pull ahead and, and win a playoff game. I, I, I would hope that John Tavares has the ability to make plays like that to help his team win big games. But Lapore, he has zero ability to do that, being paid $11 million a year. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, I think, have been great in this year.
1: Yeah, Marner's been our best player, like not even a talking point.
0: And when I talk about creating your own offense, you watch Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, and I get yeah. it. They're better players than John Tavares, but they have the ability to create their own offense. Even they drive William, play. Yeah. Even William Nylander. And I know there was, there was a play tonight that was, that's been circulating on Twitter where he gave up on the puck in the corner. I don't know if you saw this where. The puck went into the corner and Eric Chernak went to go get the puck. And William Nylander essentially just bailed on the play. Cause he didn't want to get hit by Chernak. Oh fuck. <laughs> After the podcast, go on Twitter. You're going to find it. Like he's getting roasted for that. But then. Of course, after that, he ends up scoring two goals in the third period.
1: Well, was it 5 nothing? It was 5 nothing when he did that. Not that I'm yeah. giving him a pass.
0: But. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things. It's like everyone knows the game's out of reach. Yeah. Nylander's not trying to get killed. You could say, oh, he doesn't have the heart and the passion and the will. But it's like, whatever. The game's over. I'm not going to beat him up too much for that. But even William Nylander, back to my point, he has the ability to create his own offense. And he's what the fourth highest paid player on the team after Morgan Riley. But again, John Tavares, man, we got to see more out of this dude. Lapore looking at his numbers through four games,
1: two assists. Two assists. Yeah.
0: He's a minus three, and he's essentially been a no show offensively.
1: Yeah. I think with John now. It's later in the season, I mean, his body's not, like, he, he's, he's got, this, there's miles on those legs. Like, like, we all know that, based on, like, the style he plays and the weight he carries. The thing with him, I think he's at the point now, and this is not a defense for him, I just think this is a reality. He's not going to drive play. He's so capable of being very productive and being a very good player. He's just not at the point anymore where he can do it on his own. Like, when I first saw they had put him on a line, was it with Conf and Mikheyev? I was like no way like John can't do that like when he's with Nylander and that first season people forget when he scored 47 goals like he was playing with Marner like a lot of those goals were put on a silver platter for him in front of the net there's a lot of power play easy goals I'm not taking anything away from him I'm just saying that was the reality of it I just think Tavares is at that point now and it it might be like a late in the season thing and that's on excuse because like I said he's paid that kind of money and you got to show up when it's important and the reality is that's the end of the season but I don't know we got to see something it's more just about that like if we're going to be completely black and white at the situation your captain who's paid 11 million dollars has to be good like there's there's no excuse there's no reasoning for it and I'm already it's like that negatively fan thing man I'm already like foreseeing the talk of the summer if this keeps going the way it's going last year it was Marner Marner everyone hates Marner we got to get him out of here fuck him I don't want that to be for John Tavares, like the guy from we're, Toronto. We're
0: heading down that road. We're getting. Oh,
1: trust me, Bruno. I'm prepared. I'm very, very prepared. Like making 11 million dollars, the guy from Toronto, like the captain. Like he's gonna, he's gonna turn into like the of, like a joke again. Like, and I don't think we'll get to that point. But man, like I'm worried, and I'm and I'm rooting for him. Like I fucking love Tavares. So hopefully, he gets a big goal or something in, in game five. <laughs>
0: And you can call me negative and say that I'm being too hard on him. But another reason, Lapore I'm being so hard on him is because I'm looking down the line in these playoffs specifically and saying, how the hell can this team win a Stanley Cup if John Tavares is not going to produce? Yeah. Well. Like, if, if your number two center, who, like we're saying for the 500th time, makes $11 million a year and is expected to put up a point per game and score big goals in the playoffs... If he's not going to produce in the playoffs, you know, Mitch Martyr and Austin Matthews, as good as they are, I mean, how far can they drag you by themselves? At some point, you're going to need some secondary scoring here. And I understand some of these other guys like David Kemp have stepped up. Ilya Mikheyev, even Pierre Engvall has been solid. Like, there's dudes that have been stepping up. But if you are not going to get production, from John Tavares, I just find it very, very difficult for this team to make it through four rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs if this dude is just not going to produce offensively. And again, it's been a tough matchup taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning who are the back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champions. They know how to win. They know how to lock it down defensively. And I'm sure that's causing issues for John Tavares. But he's got to find a way to overcome that. And saying all that, I think that the Leafs can still win this series without John Tavares producing at an elite clip. I I think it's possible, but it's just making it so, so difficult. Like, if this dude is not going to find that next gear, it's going to, you know, it's going to cause problems. And again, it might not cause problems in this series. But if this thing goes the distance, if this thing is going seven games and it's a tight checking game, you're going to need him to step up at some point. And if they're going to move on to round two and play Florida or, or the Washington Capitals, whoever it ends up being, you're going to need John Tavares to step up. So again, I'm looking at this more, more, more in a long-term perspective as opposed to a short-term because he, he's got to step it up if, if this team is going to make a run deep into the Stanley cup playoffs poor.
1: we need him to play well. We want to win the series. Like we can't sugarcoat this anymore. And like, I touched on it already. Like I defended the shit out of Marner all last summer and going into this year, simply because like, I love the player. He's a great player. Let's face. It, he's one of the greatest players in the history of this organization. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a fucking shit storm. When you make that kind of money, you don't produce. And with Tavares, like, we need it. And like Bruno said, the the lease cannot advance without it so like something something's got to happen here like I, i don't have much more to say like there's no explanation there's no magic wand we can wave to get him going but like i'll ask you bruno with regard to like the line mates like is that a completely shitty excuse
0: i think it is because again when you are paid in that bracket and you look at all the other players in the league who make $11 million a year or somewhere in that range, anything over Less. 10 million, let's say, Yeah, I would say 98% of them, you know, and I know there's some bad contracts floating around out there. I, I totally get it, but not let's say over 95% of those guys have the ability to make plays, create their own offense and be game breakers, whether they are defensemen or forwards or goalies, Okay, and I and I know I know Sergei Bobrovsky makes ten million dollars. <laughs> he's a roller coaster, and I know. Well, Kerry Price, you know, obviously he was God in the last playoff run, but you know, I know he is not really living up to his contract either. But most of the guys that make that much money make shit happen, Lapore. They do things that help their team win. And right now, John Tavares, I don't give a shit about his face offs and his defensive yeah, I play. I, what pisses me off, like when people like defend Tavares and say like, oh, he's great in the face-off circle and he's he's a great two-way player. Like Sheldon Keefe does that to deflect things off of John Tavares. Yeah. When you hear Sheldon Keefe in a press conference be like, listen, John's been great on both sides of the puck. You know, he's doing a good job. Uh, he's doing the little things. Like, I, I honestly think that's him deflecting because he doesn't want to throw his captain under the bus and he knows more than anybody that he needs more out of his captain. And I, I don't think it's a matter of like, oh, He needs better line mates. No, John Tavares should be able to make his line mates better. Like we saw in New York when he made Matt Molson a really good player. Everyone remember that? Mm -hmm. He made Matt Molson an undrafted player. He turned him into like a 30-goal scorer. And again, I I get it. Tavares is not the same player. He's lost the step. He's older now. But come on, man. He's in the middle of this contract. He's not that old. The dude's like 31, 32 years old. Sidney Crosby is still out here flying around, producing in the playoffs. And John Tavares has done nothing at five on five. Laporte, nothing. He set up William Nylander tonight. I'll give him that. Nice cross ice pass to Nylander on his second goal, that one timer. But my goodness, the Leafs need more out of him. And I'm sorry if I'm, you know really going in on Tavares here and you guys think I'm unfair and I'm wasting too much time on this, but I think it's a, it's a real issue for this team right now and moving forward in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Like when, when the beaking started, I was kind of like, okay, here we go again. Like we have to find out when we lost game two, like with K two games, ample size, we have to find a player to blame, but it's continued through games three and four. And I'll, again, like I'll ask you, where do you see this going? Because like where I get worried is players don't get better, they get worse. And John's got three years on his deal left after this one. So I'm almost kind of questioning, like, how can this end up being positive? And and again, like to the point of how guys get older and get worse, if it is going to have a positive spin, it's got to happen now. Cause it's way more likely that it happens now than it happens later in his contract. Right.
0: And that's the thing, right? You would have hoped that he'd still be in that part of the contract where he's still producing at an elite level. And listen, I don't want to hear that he was a point per game player this year. I don't give a shit because what I've been watching, you know, even throughout the season, he was a point of game player, but honestly there was a lot of nights he didn't make an impact.
1: Not and- just that there were, there was like, The scoring was way up this year. I think there was like 50 or 55 point a game guys or point a game ish guys this year.
0: Yeah. So I I don't want to hear that about John Tavares. Oh, he was still near a point per game. I don't care because what we have been talking about at certain points this year on this show and what we've seen now in these first four playoff games, he just hasn't been good enough. But Lapore. honestly, this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. This contract is going to be an anchor because he's going to continue to get worse. He is not worth that price tag anymore. And like I said, there's other players around the league who aren't worth their price tags. But Lepore, what happens with those players? They hurt their teams. Like, look at the Chicago Blackhawks right now with, I mean, Patrick Kane still produces at an elite rate, but Jonathan Taves does not. That contract is an anchor. Even looking at like Eric Carlson and Brent Burns, who have taken a step back. That San Jose Sharks team is not in a good spot right now in terms of their salary cap situation. Imagine the Florida Panthers, if, if they were able to give that $10 million contract they gave Bobrovsky, if they were able to spread that a little bit more throughout their team, and they just won the damn president's trophy, imagine how good they would be. So there's teams around the league that are being held back by, by some big contracts, and I, I'm fearing that the Leafs are going to move into that same realm with John Tavares here. And I don't know if it's a matter of, like, I don't know if you can trade the contract They're just in a tough spot because obviously they, they knew, I think Kyle Dubas knew that he was overpaying John Tavares and that the contract would age poorly, but he was essentially hoping that within the length of that seven-year contract, the Leafs would have at least one long playoff run and hopefully win at least one Stanley cup with essentially this all-star cast that they have up front on forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I have, we're gonna get ahead of ourselves here with regard to John getting traded and what's gonna happen in the years to come. But the contract was built in a way that it's meant to be traded. He's paid a lot of his money upfront. And I don't know the exact breakdown. I'd have to look at it to what he's actually owed financially in the last three years of the deal. Um, but I think it could be traded at the end of the day. Like I, I don't remember the numbers but say, it's like 8 million that he's actually owed per season or less, or a little more for that matter, there will be a taker for that. That's fair. Yeah, and again, still a point-of-game guy or whatever. And he, I'm not sitting here. Maybe the Leafs win this Stanley Cup and we're laughing at this conversation. Exactly. Maybe we are a complete moron. Yeah, in a few weeks. But to to it just to get that to happen, he's got to produce. So then we'll just say, well, he produced. He did what we asked him to do. So, yeah, I mean. I, how, when you first saw that deal with Tavares, and like now we're on this topic, were you completely okay with it? Or did you know, like, uh, like were, you, were you a little nervous? I'll,
0: I'll admit, at the time, I was totally okay with it because mm-hmm. when he signed it, I believe he was 28 okay. going into his age 29 season. So, again, you know, and, and right now, listen, the new prime in the NHL is like that 23 to 27 window. That's what it seems like to me, at least yeah, when you, when you get over, you know, when you're like 29, 30 years old, that's when you kind of start to decline, unless you're like a super elite player, like Crosby or Ovechkin, I mean, unless you're like a hall of famer. Right. So at the time I'll, I'll totally admit, I was totally fine with it. And then seeing what he did in the first year with Marner scoring 47 goals, I was loving it, but there was, there was a thought in the back of my head, especially over the last two plus seasons I'm like man just the way he looks out there when he's not playing with one of the top guys like he just doesn't look the same and this thing by year five six seven is not gonna look very good
1: yeah I think Tavares and again he's not like he doesn't suck or anything like that we're, we're, we're just seeing a decline I think just like a broad hockey topic is that this is going to sound weird, like the body of the elite hockey player has changed. Like you see these guys, like the ultimate example I always bring up is actually Dion Phaneuf, where you look at just the style of athlete he was, like kind of thick and burly and heavy and like his hips weren't that good. He wasn't fleet of foot. Dion Phaneuf would have been like a number one Hall of Fame defenseman pre-lockout. If with the clutching and grabbing is the style of the game. And you say like Tavares at his age who drafted number one, like do the math on how many years ago. Say, I don't think that type of player would have the hype John Tavares had. Would, that type of player would have that hype now. Just because I think that type of frame, that type of body, and again, maybe he'd, be, he'd still be dominating junior, so who knows. But to the point of like the decline, I think a lot of these guys now, maybe they won't decline like this. Or the guys who don't decline, like you mentioned, like the, the Crosbys and such, the Canes, they don't have a body like that. They seem like they're, they're more flexible, they're more agile, they're fleet of foot. Like, and they've all, it's not like, oh, they've just kept it. No, they've always been like that. And Tavares has never really been like that. So I, I think that that's a big part of it. And it's kind of like a change in the NHL. So I wonder how much that was looked at when that contract was given out. And like what the end, I mean, they were aware that there was going to be a decline at some point, but I'd like to know what was like the anticipation, like with regard to like when and how bad. I
0: think the biggest thing that you mentioned
1: is, is that he's just not fleet of foot.
0: I think that's what's led to his decline is that he just doesn't skate as well as, you know, some of the other players that we talked about. And that's an issue, especially in today's NHL. Like I look at Steven Stamkos. It's interesting because When remember when Tavares scored his forty-seven goals in year one, Mm. Leaf fans were like, "Yes, thank God we signed Tavares over Steven Stamkos." Right? They are the exact same age. They were both born in nineteen ninety, and now it looks like Stamkos. It's funny. Actually, aging better than John Tavares. And listen, Stamkos is not. I mean, he he's a better skater than John Tavares. But the one thing with Stamkos is he has that shot.
1: He's also that he's slimmer. He's more agile. Like yes, he moves he's more of like better. he's more
0: of an athlete.
1: Yeah. Like I remember and not a, a rugby player.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I've I've interviewed Stephen Stamkos in the past, and one thing I know about him is that humble brag. <laughs> you know, <little> humble brag. <laughs> humble he bag. loves baseball. Like this dude was like a really good baseball player, and sure, you know, man. got to the point where he he couldn't keep playing like men's league baseball in the summer because now he's Stephen Stamkos. But right. like growing up, like he was like really good at baseball. Like, again, I don't want to say he was going to play like in the major leagues or something like that. But Steven Stamkos just strikes me as a dude who can play like any sport and he would just be good at it because he's just mm-hmm. a he's just a really good athlete. Whereas I don't think John Tavares is the same athlete. And I know that, like, you know, his family was like, unbel- like, who's his his uh, the dude that plays lacrosse?
1: I think his name his, was, it was his uncle. I think his, his name uncle. was John Tavares.
0: Yeah. His uncle. Yeah, exactly. John Tavares. Mm-hmm. Who's like an incredible, was an incredible lacrosse player. And John Tavares himself was good at lacrosse, but yeah. he still doesn't strike me as a guy who's as athletic as like a Steven Stamkos or a Sidney Crosby, or, you know, let us know if you come up with it with another example. So it's interesting to compare what Tavares and Stamkos have done over the last few years. And again, Stamkos has been in a better situation with the defending back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, but Stamkos has had hundred points this year, 40 goals and hundred points, his first career, 100 point season. And he's the same age as John Tavares. And you know, we we even saw tonight that electric shot that he had to score the opening goal for the Tampa Bay lightning. And again, Steven Stamkos hasn't been fantastic in this series by any means, but I think he's been a hell of a lot more dangerous and impactful than John Tavares in this series.
1: It's kind of funny again. The point people forget that, uh, that first cup Tampa won, they essentially won it without Stamkos. I remember the the talk in the summer was maybe, if not the year after, if it would happen eventually, that they would trade Stamkos. So, you know, they go good, they won the cup without him. Like, imagine what they could do if they had that money to spread around. And now, here he is 40 goals, 100 points, looking great. You know what I mean? Just funny, man. hockey, Hockey opinions change quick.
0: Yeah, it's funny how things can change so so quickly, especially in just one playoff series. Narratives can can do a complete one eighty. Yeah, even when you're least expecting it. So yeah, before- so
1: in in a week when Tavares scores the overtime winner in Game Five and Six, we'll just be like, "Fucking Sam goes is shit. Tavares is the best man.
0: contract ever. <laughs> yeah, you're the greatest GM of all time.
1: Yeah, because Bl- sports."
0: Lapore, let's, uh, let's move off of John Tavares before Lee fans uh, want to strangle us for this because uh, maybe we've been a little bit too hard on the captain, but I- I've liked this conversation. It was a good, honest conversation.
1: Do you want to quickly, uh, we're shitting on people. You want, you want to quickly get on Justin Hall?
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. We did That's not plan this. I was going to bring up Justin Hall, Lapore, because is there any way Keith can go back to this guy in game
1: five? Can somebody please give me? I am asking, I am genuinely asking somebody out there, comment down below and give me a rationale as to why Justin Hall is in the lineup instead of Lily. Let me know. There's got to be a reason. There has to be something inside Keefe's brain that is telling him to put in Justin Hall. Let me know because I I need to, like I, I need something to try to like justify this in my brain because he is terrible, man. He cannot like give and take a pass without like fumbling it. Like, like you're nervous for him. Like his feet don't look good. Like he doesn't look like an NHL player. Like we have a buddy of mine. We always joke about you know who's like well like terrible players. I'm like, oh, who is the worst player in the history of like this organization? And you think back to like a bad player, like. I know this may sound harsh, but I'm getting there with Hall, like the season he's had. Like he just looks brutal. And again, it's driving me nuts that there's faith in this guy. I remember on the Steve Dangle podcast, he brought up that he was there when Keith won the Calder Cup. So he can like rely on him. Like fuck off. Fuck off. This like is the if, NHL. Like, but if that's the answer, like, like I hope to God that's not the reason. Oh, and we won the Calder Cup. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, he can't move his feet, he can't handle the puck what does he contribute what does he contribute he's all like, oh, like killing penalties give me a break someone else can kill the penalty i can it... kill
0: a fucking penalty but it's, it's not you even know, like, that bruno Jesus, it, it's, it's,
1: it's 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 more about if, if a guy's that bad 5 on 5 it's like the swing in your argument is not like always a little better on the penalty kill like come on not, yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm sure uh i'm sure the uh, the tampa bay lightning and their cast of characters is like Really scared when they go out there and they see uh, Justin Hall on the penalty oh, kill like man. this. They're
0: licking their chops. Oh bro. my! When they God. see big Justin Hall, just dude Friday morning his way onto the ice. Nikita Kucherov is like, let's fucking go.
1: Go Friday morning pickup hockey. I'd be excited to see uh, Justin Hall on the other team. Imagine the Tampa Bay Lightning. But, it's, yeah, I'm confused. Bruno, do you have know the answer before I ask for no, comments? No, I have you no idea. I,
0: I legitimately have no idea why he keeps going back to Justin Hall, why he's played these last two games. And, again, the like you mentioned, the reason that Keith gave was, oh, we need someone reliable on the penalty kill, and he's going to play some tough minutes and blah, blah, blah. I, I'm a, I'm, I don't buy that no, at this point. Like, I, I just blast don't get it. One. Is it is it that he just doesn't trust Lilligren? Is it that he just thinks that Lilligren is too erratic? because honestly, from what I've seen from Timothy Lilligren this season, my level of trust in him has gone up exponentially. Like I think he's been excellent this year.
1: yeah, he makes and blunders. He he still he makes does. the occasional blunder. but like you mean there was that ultimate the ultimate hall play, and I'm pretty sure they scored on the power play in game four when they were coming back a bit. So he had bad body position, he's trailing the Tampa player, and I'm sitting on my couch, and I literally yell out loud, because I knew it was going to happen, Hall, don't take a penalty, don't take a penalty, and he fucking grabs the guy. Like, clumsy, like, grabs him, it's like, easy call for the ref. Yeah, way to go, awesome. Like, that, 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 that's your contribution, putting the Tampa Bay Lightning on a power play. Awesome. And now the argument for you doesn't even come into play because you're sitting in the penalty box. You can't be on the ice killing the penalty.
0: It's so brutal. Like Justin Hall is a guy that you just never want to notice out there. When you're a third pairing defenseman, it's kind of like Mark Giordano. Honestly, Lapore, a lot of the time I don't really notice him, which is yeah. a good thing because he I doesn't make it. mistakes. And I'm not saying he doesn't make any mistakes, Mark Giordano. Like there's times where he makes blunders. Every defenseman on the, on this team, has made a blunder at one point or another. But I don't really notice Mark Giordano throughout the course of a game because he's just playing good, solid hockey. He's good positionally. He's good with his stick. He makes a really nice first pass. Justin Hall, man, you notice him all over the ice because like you said, he's like fumbling the puck. He can't get the puck out of his own end. He's letting guys get around him. Positionally, he's bad. He's obviously not a threat offensively, And then on the penalty kill, I I don't know. Is there something spectacular he's been doing on the penalty kill that Sheldon Keefe has fallen in love with? Because I sure as hell haven't seen it. Yeah. So I I don't see any reason to turn to him once again in game five. I think you have to see Timothy Lilligren draw back into the lineup in game five.
1: Please. Please, Sheldon. Come on, Is
0: Laporte? is there anything else that's pissed you off? in this series from a Leafs perspective, or have we pretty much nailed it uh, to this point? I don't
1: know. Cause it's, it's there's been good <laughs> after all these rants uh, there, there has been some good it's the playoffs. It's all it's, it's, it sucks. It really sucks, but you're judged on the result. And there's always the saying, like, don't look at the result, look at the journey, but it doesn't matter. Like you could play amazing, you could out shoot, out chance, work hard, and you lose. Nobody cares. No one's going to remember you. So, our emotions will be based on that. And hopefully, there are happy ones in a couple of games. But again, there's been positives. Like maybe with, like, again, it's the Leafs. So, it's always going to be negatives. Like Matthews and Marner have been good.
0: Yeah. They've been really good.
1: Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, like I think Marner's been our best player. Like, he, he's been everywhere. I'm really happy for him. But, like, I, I just hope for everyone's sake and for my sanity and the sanity of uh, Least fans everywhere, they can come out and win this series. Like, like, like it, it would mean so much. And I'll say it, like, call this a hot take. Well, will all it on the pod. I think whoever wins the series is coming out of the East. I, I feel that, that way. I, I feel love that way. That call because like, I'll, I'll say it. I will. Number one, I'll, I'll start with Tampa. I don't think Washington slash Florida is touching Tampa Bay. And then I look at the other side, we'd have Boston, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and New York. I'm not picking any of those teams against Tampa Bay, not for a second. And then I'll just start with this. Well, then I'll go with the team that beats Tampa Bay. So if the Leaf, if the Leafs can get past Tampa Bay, well, I'll pick them against Washington or Florida. Again, like I still think Florida... Or I should say, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida comes out and wins a series against Washington. But they've shown vulnerability, and they're in a tough spot. So I'd really, at the end of the day, if we're looking from the outside or if we weren't Leafs fans, kind of what we touched on before, But like, oh, would you take this spot now? No one can really shit on the Leafs. They're 2-2 with Tampa. I mean, uh, what are we going to say? Like, you you expected more? No, this is what you expected at best, rather than them to be in a series. Where let's go around the league, man. Calgary,
0: mm-hmm. they're in a tough spot right now, down two-one yeah, yeah. against a good Dallas team that plays yeah. a very similar style to them. That's going to be tough, man.
1: Yeah, this like, like like Calgary again, showing showing some vulnerability. Florida vulnerability. New York down in their series, like the l a Edmonton games two 0 l a It looks like it's going to be uh I shouldn't even say it out loud. who knows what can happen in the third period, but we're a period away from it being two two, and others fans are like, uh, we didn't think we thought we were going to win this one easily, so with the exception of Colorado, I'm seeing volatility all over the playoffs, so I'll pick Tampa to come out of the east or the team that can beat them, and hopefully it's Toronto
0: yeah, at this point especially the Eastern Conference, the only team you can really trust is the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: That's the right way to put it. Yeah, that's the right way to put that's it. That's the
0: one team you can trust because Florida, just like the Leafs, they haven't won a playoff series in a very long time. It's been 25 years. Boston has not been able to get past the second round in the last little while. Carolina's actually had some some decent runs recently, but is that a team you think is going to beat Tampa in a seven-game series? Yeah right like like you said Lapora, i don't really see that happening and then pittsburgh and the rangers they're not really scaring anybody so tampa is the one team you trust and then colorado i think we can both agree is the best team in the nhl but they haven't been able to get past the second round so who knows what's going to happen in the west because they could easily get clipped by minnesota or st louis or whoever comes out of the pacific division so it's like you said lots of volatility throughout the playoffs right now it's going to be very interesting to see how this first round shakes out in a week from now. Laporte. is there anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap up this podcast?
1: Well, I said, I think it was the very start of the podcast, that the team that had the most pressure went on to win the following game. And I think the Leafs have a lot of pressure on them now to win at home and take a shot to win the series back in Tampa in six games. And I will be in the building. I will be jumping. Yes. I will be jumping on a train headed to Toronto on Tuesday to watch uh, my beloved Leafs. This is actually kind of embarrassing. to say this will be my first time at a Leafs playoff game in Toronto, for that matter. I've been to Leafs playoff games here, obviously. But uh, first time at the barn watching my team in the playoffs. I'm very excited. You know, they can't they can't disappoint me, can they? Right. They, they would never do that to me. Right. Oh, God, Not like they've done boy. enough for me in my life. But I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, I hope we blow the roof off. And if you're a Leafs fan listening to this podcast and you're gonna be at the game, let's blow the roof off, man. Let's make that an environment that Tampa Bay does not wanna be in. And as Leaf fans, we listen to a lot of shit about our arena and the types of people that are in the uh, in the arena and the culture in there, they think we're quiet. What do they call it? like the wine and cheese crew or something? There's some sort of name for it, or some someone gave it like a mocking a mocking thing for it. But let's change the mindset, man. Like I said, Chris Johnson said it was the loudest he's ever heard the building. Let's make sure Game Five is the loudest anyone has heard that building. Let's go
0: with GFP's Michael Lapore in the building for Game Five. There is yeah. no way the Leafs are losing. I'm Impossible. calling it right now yeah Sign sealed and delivered leafs win game five
1: report. Tavares from hall in overtime <laughs> <laughs> bar down or it will be funnier Tavares hall from Tavares in overtime that'd be oh even my crazier off three pe- imagine that if would it probably happen, be really good for this
0: podcast because people are just going to come on here calling us complete idiots yeah exactly we told you
1: yeah you told us
0: This aged poorly. If you're that guy on YouTube or social, this aged poorly, this video you guys made seven months ago, get a life. (laughs) Get a life. That's all you do is you go comment on videos and say, this aged poorly. Yeah, of course you can say that seven months later. We have takes on every episode. Of course, some of our takes aren't going to age well, for God's sakes.
1: If you ever read Colin Goherd's book, he he has like a, a, a chapter on that, how people always come back to him. And say, like, we told you whatever. And he'll always say, and he'll say, Yeah, something happened since I said that. So now that is true. <laughs> right. So it's kind of funny. It's like, well, this team, say so you pick a team that you think sucks. Well, just because they win the next season doesn't mean they didn't suck the year yeah, before. Yeah, the year that you
0: said that they sucked and you called it like it is, just like yeah. we do on this podcast every single week. We call it like it is. And if things change and new uh, information cocky, comes Bruno. to light and things happen, then. So be it. And if we look like
1: idiots from time to time, then so be it. But awesome. I
0: wouldn't have it any other way. Lepore.
1: Yeah, I love looking like an idiot on, uh, on YouTube. Bruno. <laughs> but It's what we signed up for. That's exactly
0: what we signed up for. But Laporte, I love it. You're going to be in the building game five. The Just watching on TV, the atmosphere has looked absolutely electric so far at Scotiabank Arena. So I'm hoping the Leafs get that GFP boost and, yeah. uh, and come away with a victory. So Leaf fans, just everyone just... Just relax. Just relax. Leafs are still in a good spot. If they can pull out the victory in game five, then things are looking good. And let's just leave it at that on a positive note. I don't want to get into what will happen if they lose game five, right? They're going to win game five and they're going to find a way to win this series.
1: Let's all go. right. I'm
0: going to speak it into existence. Exactly.
1: Will it, will it to existence? There you go.
0: And that's going to do it for episode 60 of the Glens for punishment podcast or GFP a Toronto Maple Leafs at NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. Once again, if you're a new listener and you really enjoyed this episode, then you know what? Head over to both Apple and Spotify and give us a five-star rating and review. We would love you for that. And if you're watching us on YouTube and you enjoyed the show and we would appreciate it more than you could ever imagine. If you smash the like button, subscribe to the channel and ring the notification bell. So you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. So for Michael Lapore, I'm Anthony Bruno, Leafs Nation. Good luck in game five. We will see you in the next one.
1: Leafs and sex.